Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And I am once again by my lonesome as we had to place Nate on the COVID IR. So hopefully he'll heal quickly and get back to us soon. We wish him a speedy recovery. But in the meantime, um, I'm going to play the role of both Nate and myself today. We're just days away, maybe hours away from the 2023 NFL season kickoff, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, And we're going to be talking, or we're me, I'm going to be talking, my guys today, um, which should be fun after all of the draft strategy and and prep talk that we've done this offseason. We're going to cherish this one last opportunity to be entirely positive about our favorite fantasy players before the grind of the regular season and the injury Grim Reaper inevitably takes aim to crush our hopes and dreams. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to be sharing my guys as well as Nate's guys um, with you all today. But before I do that, I also want to mention that this episode is presented by Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, so let's start the my guys off here, and we'll start at the quarterback position as we typically do when we're going through these lists here. Um, and I'll start with my guy first. Uh, it is Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears, typically going as QB seven according to the Fantasy Pros consensus ADP. I have him ranked as QB six, so not a ranking that's you know overly different from ADP or anything like that. But the the main thing for me is that Fields is kind of the main reason that I don't draft any of the quarterbacks going ahead of him outside of like super flex leagues. Um, We know he possesses the elite rushing upside as he was the only quarterback in the league last season to average double digit rush attempts per game, which led to a league leading 1143 rushing yards, uh, which was nearly 400 more than the next closest quarterback. So big gap there for fields. Um, The best part is that fields, he finished as the overall QB seven last season, but he wasn't actually utilized in the design run game until week seven of last year. Um, So he was averaging like fewer than three design rush attempts per game prior to that mark before jumping up to over seven per game from that point on. So Once that happened, he managed, he actually managed three of the 13 greatest rushing performances from a quarterback of all time, including the number one rank overall, which came in week nine last year, he rushed for 178 rushing yards. So 
Um, when you look at his kind of stretch from week seven to week 17, he was the overall QB three for fantasy in that stretch, despite ranking 23rd in total passing yards. He only threw for 1,373 passing yards in that span, which is a very low number. So we're hoping for potentially uh, more progression for him as a passer. I think with DJ Moore coming in as Fields' new wide receiver one, that should help that as well as that kind of natural progression as a passer, which we'll talk about in, in a little bit because we have another player um, that we'll touch on. But I, I think he has the chance to improve his fantasy production from last season by adding a, you know some more passing yards, more completions, getting more help after the catch from his receiving core after ranking 35th in that regard last season. So Justin Fields was getting almost no help after the catch from his receivers last year, which is a pretty crucial part of, of it, overall passing yards. If you look at just Patrick Mahomes last season, who led the NFL in passing, he was among the top three in passing yards um, coming after the catch. So getting some help there from his receiving core should actually help his his passing yard numbers and DJ Moore is going to be a big part of that for sure. So I just don't think he'll, he'll have any trouble maintaining that elite rushing upside while also improving as a passer. I think it makes him a legitimate candidate to finish as the overall QB one in 2023. So very excited for Justin Fields. That is my, one of my guys here at the quarterback position. Um, I do have one more at quarterback, one more my guy here, and we've talked about him a few times. He's another guy that I'm pretty excited about, Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. So Fantasy Pros Consensus ADP has been creeping up a little bit here as we get into this final week before the season. Uh, he's at QB 24 right now. I have him as QB 19. I think Sam Howell has a legitimate claim to be the late round quarterback in 2023. He's Typically drafted well outside the top 20 at his position. Uh, and I think, you know, if you look back at his uh, time in college and, and a little bit last year, uh, he flashed, I think, a lot of fantasy potential during his time, Let's, it's starting at North Carolina, but but also in that limited NFL action in week, week 18 last year and over the, the past two preseasons as well. So looking at 2021 at North Carolina, Sam Howell, Average 6.3 rushing attempts per game, averaging 8.4 yards per attempt on those carries, which led to over a thousand rushing yards on the year. As a passer, he also established decent arm talent in those final two years at North Carolina. He posted top 10 marks in total big time throws with 48. Um, he was top 10 in big time throw rate at 7.7%. And passing touchdowns of 20 or more air yards as well. He also finished inside the top 10 over those last two years at North Carolina. Now entering the NFL and as a full year as a starter, he's going to have the weapons, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, maybe a healthy Logan Thomas in there as well. I mean, he, these are all the things that he needs in, in kind of Eric Bieniemy's offense this season to continue to showcase his talents, which should translate to strong fantasy production. I, I love the potential for Howell to, to add value with his legs and, and kind of raise his production floor and overall upside as well. Just makes him more enticing than, than anyone else in that quarterback range where he's being drafted. So I think he should be valued over a lot of those other unproven options in that range um, who maybe don't necessarily have the same upside. So excited about Sam Howell this year. We've talked about him a ton uh, recently since he got that QB1 job, but um, 
looking forward to seeing what he can do in week one uh, against an Arizona Cardinals defense that should boost up his fantasy production as well. Um, Nate did not add a quarterback to his, my guys uh, this year, which is fine. He's going, he's, he's out on the quarterbacks. He's going zero quarterback strategy for Nate in 2023. Um, no, no, he's, he's, he's talked plenty about his quarterback strategy in trying to get one of those, those top guys, Mahomes, Hertz, Allen near the end of round two, kind of start of round three area. So I think it's hard to call a quarterback that everyone has ranked within the top three as a my guy. So definitely understand the omission here. Um, I did have a couple honorable mentions as well that I like to target, especially um, guys that I'm getting as like my QB two in super flex leagues. Um, these have been pretty common for me and that's Tua Tungavailoa, who I have as QB nine. He's a fantasy pros consensus ADP of QB 11. And the other one is Daniel Jones, who I have as QB 11 uh, and he is going as QB 15, uh, according to the ADP. So just a couple bonus names there of guys that I like, but we'll move on to the running backs and we will start with one that Nate and I both have on our, my guys list. And that is Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. So fantasy pros consensus ADP has him as RB eight. I have him as RB four. Nate has him as RB five, but I think we're both into the idea of Tony Pollard having that overall RB1 potential for this season. Pollard obviously set for a significant workload increase in 2023 with the departure of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, this is a guy that's never exceeded 200 carries in the regular season. So I don't think he should have any problem clearing that number this year. I know there are concerns that, Pollard will, you know, become less effective on a larger workload. But if you look at his previous near years numbers, when he gets double digit carries in a game, his efficiency actually slightly increased, which is wild. Um, so as much as it may happen this year that he, you know, he, he declines slightly overall in efficiency, we're looking at volume more than anything, but also there hasn't really been any hard evidence that it's a concern for him based on his history. So just continuing to build the case for that elite status here in 2023 for Tony Pollard, he's coming in as the undisputed RB one in Dallas. Um, one of the main things that that should allow him to do is absorb a lot of the goal line opportunities that were vacated by Zeke as well, um, which is, potentially the biggest difference maker of them all because Ezekiel Elliott tied for the second most carries among running backs last season in those goal to go situations. He had 22 of them. And in those situations alone, uh, they led to 10 rushing touchdowns for him in those goal to go situations. So Pollard potentially getting an overall bump in touches Goal line touches alone, you know, could be enough to vault him toward becoming that overall RB1. He finished last year as the PPR RB9 um, without hitting a lot of those high value thresholds, right? So Pollard has been one of the most effective running backs in the league over the past two seasons as well. He's ranked second in PFF rushing grade uh, with a 91.8. He's tied for second in yards per carry with 5.3. And he was third in yards after contact per attempt with 3.7 since 2021. So you put him behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, he's in line to potentially get 250 to 300 carries. Um, another, uh, 60 to 70 targets. I think there's all reason to be in on Tony Pollard. Uh, he's one of the league's best backs. And I think he has that potential for RB one overall. All right, before we keep going with more got my guys, um, I do want to give a quick shout out to our friends at DraftKings. 
Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now and use code PFF to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code PFF, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay, play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right. Keeping it going with the running backs here. I'll go with uh, another one of Nate's guys here. And he went with Tank Bigsby of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Jaguars selected Bigsby uh, with the 88th overall pick in the draft. As we know, we've talked about him quite a bit, um, but you look at our, our draft guide, even during the, the NFL draft process, they listed him as a bell cow back or capable of being a bell cow back. And the Jaguars have kind of used him in every situation in the preseason. So it seems like Jacksonville also believes he's capable of that role. Um, Travis Etienne obviously remains the starter. He's also very capable of playing 80% of the team's offensive snaps. Bigsby was the only running back in the first week of the preseason to receive playing time with the normal starters. Um, he took a short yardage snap in there. I think it's a good sign that he should at least see short yardage carries this season, which includes touchdown opportunities. Um, training camp reports for him have been overwhelmingly positive, which could lead to more playing time as well. ETN and other starters didn't play in Jacksonville's second preseason game, but Bigsby started over Jamichael Hasty and Dearness Johnson, making it clear he is already second on the depth chart. Um, and this included taking passing down snaps over Hasty. So Doug Peterson has a long history of a, a running back committee with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. So Jacksonville could be heading in that direction this season. If Bigsby is seeing 30 to 40% of the work and running at the goal line, he could have fantasy value similar to Jamal Williams last year um, this season and, and would be a fantasy starter if ETN obviously ever gets injured. So he played in 36% of Jacksonville's offensive snaps with the starters in the team's last preseason game. So 30 to 40% seems possible even in the early parts of the year. Um, it's unlikely also, Nate adds, but not out of the question that Bigsby overtakes ETN as the starter at some point this season, even without an injury. So that's all from Nate's My Guys article up on pff.com. So interesting there, you know, we talked about the potential for, for Bigsby um, taking a lot of that short yardage work and goal line work. We talked about kind of the inefficiencies of Travis Etienne in that regard last season. So a lot of potential there for Bigsby, obviously, that we like, we're interested in, um, and he could potentially be uh, in line for some fantasy relevant work in 2023. 
All right. One of my other guys here also at the running back position. I went with Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos. Um, Fantasy Pros Consensus ADP has him as RB23. I have him as RB22. So this recent ADP actually pushed him up quite a bit. When I started writing this uh, yesterday, he was at RB29. So over the weekend when it's been updated, um, Labor Day weekend obviously being one of the biggest draft weekends of the year, has pushed his consensus ADP up quite a bit for redraft leagues. But we know coming off that knee injury, pushed his ADP down quite a bit early this offseason. He was somebody that I was consistently able to scoop up as like RB29, RB30, somewhere around there. But now with him set to play week one and looking healthy, um, the ADP has certainly adjusted. So there's still going to be some concern, I think, for him maybe not absorbing like a full-time workload right out the gate. Um, you know, But if he continues to prove that he's healthy and back to his old self, then I think it's only a matter of time before we actually get to see him back in that every down role. Williams. Uh, he's proven that he's one of the best running backs at creating yards after contact as well. And, and not just coming out of college where he set a PFF record, but he continued to be uber effective in that regard in the NFL as well. So over the past two seasons, Williams has led all running backs with at least 200 attempts in missed tackles force per attempt at 0.26, while also ranking seventh in yards after contact per attempt at, with 3.43. So impressive numbers there. And then if you look at, you know, the percentage of his rushing yards that have come after contact, he ranks third among the same qualifying running backs since 2021 with 77.5% of his rushing yards coming after contact. So again, proving to be one of the best players with the ball in his hands, you know, he figures the split time with Samaj P Ryan to open the season, which I think makes sense coming off a major injury, but with him already appearing during the preseason, um, it's probably a strong indicator that he's trending in the right direction to get back to a full workload sooner rather than later. Uh, head coach Sean Payton also has a history of leaning on one running back. So there may come a time this season when w Williams fully takes over that lead back role. And if that happens, I, I think he really pushes for top 10 fantasy running back production from that point on. So that'll do it for the running backs. Um, I do had a, I did have a couple of honorable mentions there as well. I put Brees Hall, um, who I still really like, even with Dalvin Cook in the mix. I have him as RB15. He's going as RB17. Uh, and the other one was a little bit later, Khalil Herbert. I have his RB28. He's going as RB33. So um, we'll move on to the wide receivers here. And speaking of Chicago Bears players, DJ Moore uh, is one of Nate's guys here. So Nate wrote up a, a, a nice piece about him in his My Guys article um, starting with uh, explaining his past production. So more, he spent 2019 to 2021 consistently gaining between 1,150 and 1,200 receiving yards and averaging four touchdowns per season. His receptions and receiving yards declined in 2022, but he also posted a career-high seven touchdowns. So he's more has consistently finished as a top 25 fantasy receiver in each of the past four seasons. He has excelled at making players miss after making a catch. He avoided 0.8 tackles per game in his career. Um, the 11th best rate among wide receivers over the past five seasons. So Moore's also been really good at making big plays. He has 27% of his receptions gaining at least 20 yards last season, um, which ranked fifth out of 73 wide receivers with at least 345 routes run. 
Uh, more excels against man defenses. His 0.578 receiving PPR points per route run against man defenses last season ranked 10th among wide receivers. He's accomplished basically all of this despite his quarterbacks combining for a 55.8 PFF passing grade over the past five seasons, which is the second lowest team mark uh, in the league. So He's caught touchdowns from six quarterbacks now in his career. Two of them are free agents. Two of them are clear backups, which leaves Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield as his two best quarterbacks over that span. Now he goes to Justin Fields. And, and look, Justin Fields, his accuracy percentage last season of 53.2% wasn't great, but it was still better than what Baker Mayfield had last year. Um, I think Moore should be able to succeed if Fields doesn't improve for whatever reason, but because it, it, it's going to be similar pass accuracy to what he's been used to. Um, we know that Fields scrambles more than most quarterbacks, but with more from Moore's perspective, that won't be all that different than his quarterbacks dumping off passes to Christian McCaffrey, for example. Uh, we do know that generally pass accuracy can improve over a quarterback's first few seasons. Um, and those increases are more dramatic against man defenses than against zone. Uh, there is even more optimism that Fields specifically can improve his accuracy as he was the most accurate college quarterback in the PFF college era. Uh, over the offseason, Fields has actually worked on his accuracy, particularly on deep passes, which should also help more the most out of the Bears receivers. Um, he'll also have less competition for targets in Chicago than he did in Carolina. So even if his efficiency doesn't get much better, he has a chance to see more volume with the Bears. So love that call, obviously, for DJ Moore from Nate, uh, obviously being in on Justin Fields. I'm also in on DJ Moore here. So excited to see what they do this year in Chicago. All right, another one of my guys at the wide receiver position. I went with Garrett Wilson of the New York Jets. So he's going as consensus ADP uh, wide receiver 10. I have missed wide receiver nine. So my ranking and the ADP are nearly exact, but Wilson has been someone that I have continuously targeted as my wide receiver one this season. I'm a big believer in a potential overall wide receiver one season from him in 2023. He was the offensive rookie of the year last year. He earned the highest receiving grade among rookie wide receivers with an 85.9, which was also a top 10 mark among all receivers last season. Uh, he posted 1,100 receiving yards as a rookie, and he ended up finishing as the PPR wide receiver 21. But he did so after only seeing 66.2% of his targets deemed as catchable last season. I think the quarterback upgrade from Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers should greatly improve his fantasy value. We know that Wilson is, is among the better receivers in the league already. He established that. So I don't think he'll have any problem becoming Aaron Rodgers' new favorite target in New York. And um, targets, I think they should be coming at a very high rate, similar to what we've seen from Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams in years past. W Wilson was already able to earn a 23.4% target rate last year. I think we could expect that to potentially get up over 25%, perhaps even closer to 27% target rate this season, which vaults him into kind of elite territory. So round two guy here, Garrett Wilson, I, there's two common targets that I have in the second round. One is Tony Pollard. The other one is most definitely Garrett Wilson. So um, excited to see what year two brings there. 
All right. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I've been drinking it every day and I certainly need it because look, if I'm being totally honest here, I don't necessarily have the healthiest possible diet that I stick to. And quite frankly, it could definitely stand to be healthier in general. So AG1 is essentially exactly what I was looking for as something quick and easy that I can build into my diet where I don't have to worry about taking so many supplements and pills and all that fun stuff. I wanted a single solution that supports my entire body and covers my nutritional bases every day. I wanted better gut health, a boost in energy, immune system support, and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I throw my AG1 into a fruit smoothie every morning and start the day off with everything I need for my body, like I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. So again, if someone who can't be alone in wanting to improve their health and has a difficult time doing so when it comes to overall diet, adding AG1 to my day has been a game changer in that regard as I get 75 high quality ingredients that give me detail or give me daily uh, nutrients and support, energy, focus, strength, and clarity. I just mix one small scoop with my smoothie and drink it first thing each morning. Boom, done. It's as simple as that. Another added bonus is that it costs less than $3 a day, which is pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with high quality sourced ingredients. It's a win-win. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com PFF. That's drinkag1.com PFF. Check it out now. All right. Let's go with some more wide receivers here. Uh, another one that Nate put in here was Jaden Reed of the Green Bay Packers. So a rookie wide receiver who should already have a major role in the Packers offense. Um, we know he, he took every snap out of 11 personnel with the starters over the, over the Packers first two preseason games. He played uh, 19 snaps from either the slot or among the tight ends compared to four snaps on the outside. The slot percentage is a bit higher than past Packers slot receivers as well. Uh, but we do know, I love this, this bit of info here from Nate. So the slot wide receiver role has been a very important one in Matt LaFleur's offenses in the past. Packers slot receivers have been targeted 550 times for 392 receptions and 4,738 yards since 2019 when LaFleur became the head coach, which which all rank among the top six among all teams. So most importantly, they have also caught 46 touchdowns, uh, which are nine more than any other team in that span. So Green Bay has been typically below average in targets, rece receptions, and yards to outside wide receivers in that time, despite how much the Packers have preferred passing the ball. Uh, and then you look at Jaden Reed, his competition for target, Targets all come from either rookie or second-year wide receivers and tight ends, giving him less competition than most other wide receivers. So excited about Jaden Reed, obviously. I think, you know, this new-look Packers offense as a whole should be really interesting this season um, to the point where even I have a my guy at uh, in Green Bay as well that I'll talk about in a little bit. All right, another one of my guys at wide receiver here is Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons. He is going as the consensus ADP wide receiver 25. I have him as wide receiver 20, but another second year wide receiver who I really like and I'm excited about. I think he has a chance for a much better fantasy season in year two, even though his rookie year was still very strong. He posted an 85.3 receiving grade in 2022, which was among the top 10 receivers in the league. Uh, London 
ended up finishing as the PPR wide receiver 28, which is perfectly fine for rookie, but it does leave room for improvement as well, which I think we should see here in 2023. We know that since the 2015 NFL season, so not including last year, um, there have been nine rookie wide receivers who earned an 80.0 receiving grade in their first season on a minimum 100 routes run. And of those nine, seven of them went on to improve their fantasy production per game in year two. Um, the average increase in points per game for those seven players was 3.3 points per game, creating an, an average of... Uh, above 15 points per game in year two, which figures to be high-end wide receiver two production on a weekly basis. London, he, he established a strong connection with starting quarterback Desmond Ritter near the end of 2022 uh, when Ritter took over as the starter in week 15. He ended up seeing 8.8 targets per game over that span, which was up from 6.1 previously. He finished as the PPR wide receiver 12 over that span. Um, and this happened because he also saw a near 10% increase in catchable targets going up to 74.3% over that span, which also drastically improved his yards per route run to 3.03 in those final four games versus the 1.72 that it was with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. So I know there was no Kyle Pitts during that stretch and, and no B. John Robinson, but even with all this like talk about Pitt's usage being down again this year, it's just made me all the more bullish on London's potential because I don't think they're going to be able to avoid targeting him heavily all season long. He should be in for a very strong year, I think. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for the wide receivers. I do have, again, a couple honorable mentions here. I put Christian Watson, uh, again, another Packers player, but I have him as wide receiver 17 versus uh, where he's going at wide receiver 23. Uh, and Deontay Johnson was the other one. Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver 28 uh, is where I have him. And he is going as wide receiver 31. All right, let's wrap it up with a few tight ends here. I My first one is a guy that I've talked about quite a bit already, but it's Dallas Goddard. Um, I talked about him all off season, really the Philadelphia Eagles. He is going as the consensus uh, tight end seven. I have him as tight end six. He to me just has consistently been one of the best receiving tight ends in the league since 2018. He's never earned a season long receiving grade below 70.5. Um, I know the target competition is kind of what has most drafters passing on Goddard with guys like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith in the mix, but this is already kind of baked into his ADP for the year and could stand to potentially even improve his fantasy production to a new career high in 2023. I think if things bounce his way, um, he, he's look, he's never finished higher than the PPR tight end nine in tight end nine in any given season. And he was tight end 11 last year after missing five games. So he actually still managed a career high in PPR points per game at 11.8, which ranked fifth at the position in that regard. So I think we could potentially see some maybe natural progression in the touchdown column as he earned a pretty strong target rate in the red zone last year at 21.3%, but he only managed three touchdowns in 2022. So room for improvement there for sure, especially as one of the league's most efficient tight ends. Um, he ranked fourth at the position in yards per route run uh, this past season and top five at the position in yards after the catch per reception in each of the past two years. I think he should once again be in for a significant role in the Eagles offense this season, which should only allow for plenty of opportunities for him to find the end zone and have his best fantasy year yet. 
All right, let's go with one of Nate's guys here at tight end. And that is, of course, Chigazim Okonkwo of the Tennessee Titans. Nate writes that the fourth round rookie was one of the few bright spots from the Tennessee Titans last season. Okonkwo started his career third in the Titans tight end rotation. He averaged 12 snaps a game over his first month with nearly 40% of his snaps coming in three tight end sets. He caught three passes for 38 yards and a touchdown in that fourth game, leading to an increased role over the rest of the season. So Okonkwo spent the rest of the season as the primary tight end in 21 personnel, as one of the primary tight ends in 12 personnel. Uh, He remained third on the depth chart in 11 personnel, including just 16.8% of possible snaps on third downs in 11 personnel from week six on. But he was one of the most efficient tight ends on a per play basis. Out of 55 tight ends with at least 150 routes, he ranked second in targets per route, first in receptions per route, first in yards per route, fifth in touchdowns per route, and fourth in avoided tackles per catch. So, I mean, Austin Hooper, Jeff Swain were the two players ahead of him on the depth chart at times, and neither one of them is on the roster anymore. The Titans did add Trayvon Wesco, who will not be a threat to Oconquo on passing downs. He's more of a run blocker. Um, The big concern for Oconquo is if the Titans don't expand his role in a significant way. Austin Hooper, Anthony Ferkser, Jonu Smith, these guys have all been sleeper tight ends in recent seasons, and none of them have worked out for fantasy managers. Tennessee has had a different tight end lead the team in snaps on first and second downs compared to third down in each of the last four seasons. They also drafted Josh Wiley in the fifth round, and he is likely to be more of a receiver than a blocker. Okonkwo has graded better as a receiver than any Titan tight end in the Mike Vrabel area. So ideally he can be an exception. Um, But Nate also writes that this isn't a black and white issue. Uh, He can see a slight increase in snaps and be a fantasy starter, but ideally he becomes an every down player in which he has top five potential. So the Titans used Okonkwo in one preseason game in which he played 100% of snaps in 11 personnel with the starters after playing less than 20% last season, which is a good sign for his expanded role. Uh, they still rotated him in and out of 12 personnel, 12 personnel, so still isn't the most ideal situation, but it looks like a big step in the right direction. So yeah, I, I'm with Nate on this one. I, I love uh, Okonkwo this year. I think I have him as tight end 11 heading into this season, and I, and do agree that he has that potential for um, to to exceed even that ranking if the Titans use him in the right way. So um, that'll be one to watch for this year as well. And let's wrap it up here. Last player on the list. And I went with Luke Musgrave of the Green Bay Packers. So he is going as the consensus tight end 19 right now, according to ADP. I have him as tight end 16. So six foot six athletic tight end out of Oregon state. He's another one of these rookies at the position who continues to impress this off season. He's sitting at the top of his team's depth chart to start the year. You know, he missed a big chunk of his final college season due to an injury. But in the games that he played, it was pretty clear that the that Oregon State was ready to build their offense around him. Uh, He posted 11 catches for 169 yards, 3.38 yards per route run and a touchdown through just two games in 2022. 
obviously a small sample size, but we've con continued to see him flash at, at the senior bowl. Uh, we saw him in the preseason. We've seen the, the, the training camp hype videos as well for Luke Musgrave. So all things are pointing in the right direction. We know he has a high-end receiving ability, especially as a potential deep threat. Uh, he earned a 91.5 receiving grade on targets of 20-plus yards downfield since 2021. I think there's potentially room here for Musgrave to carve out a substantial role in this offense's passing game. And look, depending on how effective Jordan Love is as the team starting quarterback, he has the potential to be a consistent starting fantasy tight end in year one. Um, he was, he's been an every down player for the Packers starting offense this preseason. He, I think he should factor in as a high end receiving option for Jordan love and potentially push for that number two target share on the team behind Christian Watson. I think you look at his current cost right now. And I think that you, you factor in his potential that just ends up being a lot of late round draft picks for me that I've been using to acquire him this off season in order to kind of take that high upside swing at a position that's pretty lacking in that regard. So uh, excited, very excited for Luke Musgrave uh, in 2023 and, and, and for his career really to see what he could become as a potential fantasy asset at tight end. So I, I put a couple of, Honorable mentions, I also put Chigo Conquo, and I do, yeah, tight end 11. Uh, and the other one was Sam Laporta, uh, another rookie tight end for the Detroit Lions, who I have as tight end 13. All right, that is going to do it for another episode of the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Um, I appreciate you all sticking through to listen to me gush about my guys and Nate Nate's guys, and hopefully you'll consider them your guys as well. So, it's been a very fun off season with you. So I thank you all for tuning in and we're only just getting started because next episode, we kick off our regular weekly in season schedule. Uh, we're going to be starting with a week one IDP preview episode with the awesome Adam Markham from the IDP show uh, being the first guest to preview the week with me. And then on Thursday, Kate and I will be previewing the offensive side of the ball for week one. So very much looking forward to that. Um, for those of you who still have drafts, I, I know Nate has updated all of his draft strategy articles uh, with up-to-date ADP and rankings, so be sure to check those pieces out. Um, be sure to utilize the PFF Fantasy Mock Draft Simulator and Live Draft Assistant as well. Uh, Nate also wrote up his My Guys for the website. He wrote up some fun, bold predictions as well. I know he'll have his week one rankings and week one start sit up for the week uh, very soon as well. And a Thursday night uh, football DraftKings showdown piece for those DFS gamers looking to get some great insight there. Uh, as for me, I've written up my guys on offense and for IDP up on pff.com this week. I also wrote up an all undrafted fantasy team that will be on the site, I think Thursday, which also kind of acts like a pre-week one waiver wire target piece. Um, but then I'll also have uh, week one IDP rankings up for Thursday as well. So again, thank you all for listening. Um, be sure to subscribe to the PFF Fantasy YouTube channel if you haven't already. We'd greatly appreciate that. But until tomorrow, peace out.